From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hi, everybody. Yeah, this is going to be an amazing show. So exciting. We have four brilliant contestants. They are backstage right now, praying to the fashion gods that they never bring back low-waisted jeans. And they'll be up here to play our nerdy games, and one of them will become our big winner. And our special guest from Queer Eye is Tan France. Yeah. And the experts collectively are known as the Fab Five, a title they had to wrangle away from my mother's book club. (laughs) Are you a, uh, what's your grooming regime, Jonathan? (laughs) Well, it is extensive, I can assure you. Okay, good, good, good. I'm, uh, uh, you know, once a day, whether I need it or not, I put on my clothes. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, good. I don't have much of a regimen, to be honest. It might surprise you, given how put together I am. Yeah, you it just kind of just kind of falls into place. I will say I'm a little self-conscious knowing that Tan France is here. I don't know. Sure. I put on this jacket. I don't usually wear a jacket, but I feel like that's a great jacket. It's, it's got a it. velvet sheen to it, my friend. Well, it's made of velvet up here. That's mm, why. Wow. You even got the real velvet kind. That's I got the amazing. Real, I mean, I think, I think. But you know what? I forgot to shave my neck, so it's all it's all in the toilet. Forget it. <laughs> We'll, we'll just put a scarf on you. Yeah, give me a <laughs> scarf. Yeah, give me a nice silk scarf before he arrives. Tan France also popularized the French tuck. French tuck. You know what? You know what that is, right? Just the front part tucked in. Yeah, just the front part of the shirt is tucked in. I call it the mullet of the waist. <laughs> Tan France is also the only out gay Muslim man on Western television. Yeah. And he lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, where he fits in perfectly and nobody notices him at all. (laughs) I wish my name was Tan France. I just think that's a cool name. Fear Iceberg, too many syllables. Yeah. Too laborious. Tan France. It almost sounds like a fake fashionista name, like something that you do, right? Like you combine something your body refuses to do with the country you would like to live in. Like, I would be sleep through the night Sweden. (laughs) Or say no to the fourth drink, Portugal. (laughs) Do you have one? I'd probably be uh, lose 10 pounds Argentina. (laughs) It's fine. We could all be on Fashion Week. All right, let's play some games, everybody. Our first game is about incorrect inspirational quotes. As it turns out, that cute kitten never said, hang in there. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Meredith Lark. You host trivia nights and also know how to ride a unicycle. This is true, I do. (laughs) How did you learn how to ride a unicycle? 
there's a teacher at my grade school who knew how to, and uh, we signed up for lessons after school, and there was a group of about 20 people. We'd ride around the gym on unicycles. And you're, did you get good? I guess you got good. I got okay, yeah. It's, it's come in, in handy a couple times in my life. How does that come in handy? Uh, when I you only in... have one wheel and you need to get away? Like, when does that... <laughs> All right, Meredith, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Randolph Micklejohn. You're an architect. You specialize in historic buildings. That's right. So uh, you're doing restoration work of sorts. Right. And uh, as you would say, detective work. Yes. What, what is the detective work? The basic stuff is you've got to find out whether the building is cracking, falling down, sinking into the ground, chunks falling off. Um, sometimes it gets more interesting and you find bat guano, asbestos, Human remains, um, you, you, you never know. Those are real. Um, I'm sure right. they're real. Bat guano. A lot of old buildings Human remains. <laughs> like I just stuffed that in there. Bat guano. <laughs> human remains, yeah. All right, Randolph, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Meredith and Randolph, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. So if you've been on Facebook recently, you know that it's mostly Russian bots and boomers sharing inspirational quotes. But as you may suspect, many of those quotes were never actually said by the people they are attributed to. So we will give you a widely shared quote, and all you have to do is ring in and guess whether or not it's something the person really said. But be careful, because if you guess incorrectly, your opponent scores the point. Here we go. Nelson Mandela, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Did he say that? Meredith. No. <laughs> that is correct. Virginia Woolf, you cannot find peace by avoiding life. Is that real? Meredith. I'm going with yes. I'm sorry, it is not a... No. It's not her. It's actually from the novel The Hours, in which Virginia Woolf is a character. Mm. Mm. Martin Luther King Jr., I mourn the loss of thousands of precious lives, but I will not rejoice in the death of one, not even an enemy. Just answer yes or no. (laughs) Meredith. Okay, this is hard. I'm going to say yes, though. Sorry, that is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) He rejoiced. No. Um, No, that was actually, oh my God, this sentiment was actually written in 2011 by a Facebook user named Jessica. (laughs) And I think we all can agree that is such a Jessica move. (laughs) But she followed it with an actual MLK quote, and then people just decided to move it around. You know what? It's what he would have wanted. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. In the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Randolph. No. You are correct. Okay. We both know that you say that. I say that all the time. Is that always at last call? (laughs) (laughs) Does seem a little too cutesy for Abraham Lincoln, doesn't it? All right, this is your last clue, Albert Einstein. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. One of us has to do this, right? You sure do. (laughs) Randolph. No. 
I'm sorry, that is incorrect. (laughs) The answer is yes, yes, he wrote this in 1930 in a letter to his son. As a unicyclist, how do you feel about that quote? I love it. You love it? Yeah. Life is exhausting. (laughs) All right. Great game. Randolph is in the lead. Our next game is about Shakespeare and pop music. You know, today we study Shakespeare as classic literature, but it's important to remember that he wasn't a real person. Your next game is an audio quiz called Speeches and Songs, Stratford Edition. Each clue is a mashup of two clips. The first is an actor performing a famous line from Shakespeare. The second is a pop song. You get one point for identifying the play and one point for the pop artist or song. All right, Randolph, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Meredith, you need to get more points, or you have to buy Richard III a sun lamp. It will help. This begins with Sir Ian McKellen in a 1995 adaptation. A horse! A horse! My kid got put on! A horse, ha, you can work your horse. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that horse now. Meredith. Richard III. I don't know the song. Have you just been talking to your plants for the last two years? Lil Nas X? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Richard III, yes, Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, first we'll hear Andrew Scott has the hot priest in Fleabag. To be or not to be. That is the question. How'd you like this knowledge that I brought? Meredith. Hamlet and Beyonce. Oh, oh. Okay. (laughs) Meredith, that is technically a Destiny's Child song, but Beyonce is singing, so you will be given the point. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. That was close. The first voice you'll hear is Claire Danes from a 1996 adaptation. What's in a name? How would we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet like a honey bun, spit like a creamy gun, roll your one one come get your mommy some cardi, get this Randolph. Romeo and Juliet. Anything else? I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, that is correct. Uh, Meredith, can you score the other point? I could try. Yeah. Uh, is it Nicki Minaj? I know. We thought you'd go Montague, but you picked Capulet. It's actually... No, that's Cardi B. Mm. All right, this is your last clue. This begins with Tom Hiddleston reading a speech by the character Duke Orsino. If music be the food of love, Play on. Randolph. Twelfth night. And anything else? (laughs) Not going there. Okay. Twelfth night is correct. Meredith, can you take the other point? It's journey. That's right. Journey, don't stop believing. 
What a couple of games. What a couple of contestants. Uh, great job. And after two games, Meredith is going to the final round. Do you think you have what it takes to be a contestant? Why not go to amatickets.org to apply? Coming up, queer eye style expert Tan France is here and never, yeah, never has a public radio staff been more concerned about what they are wearing. We all brought out our fanciest clogs. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisenberg and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR comes from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Traditional Medicinals. Traditional Medicinals is the herbal tea company that lives up to its name. Traditional because of the formulas based on herbal traditions that have supported health and wellness for centuries. And medicinal because of the ethically sourced high quality herbs, like their calming chamomile with lavender tea, perfect for any time of day. Use promo code ASK for 20% off at checkout. Powered by Traditional Medicinals. Oscar season, and we don't want you to show up on the red carpet unprepared. That's why NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour is here to help you sort through the nominees and separate the best from the rest. Listen now, and we might even help you dominate your Oscars pool. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's the fashion expert on the Netflix series Queer Eye. Give it up for Tan France. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so excited to be doing this. So you single-handedly made the French tuck a thing people think that it was you that invented it, especially because of your name. Yeah. So, I, do you know, here's the thing. I wish I had created it because it seems quite smart that Tan France would have created the French talk. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to take credit for it almost immediately. And then I thought, nah, somebody's going to find me out. And those people online are really mean. So I should just be honest from the onset. <laughs> they are already um, mean. And so, yeah, I didn't come up with it. However, I would like to believe that I just shed light on the beauty of its um, appeal. Because it hides, like, a lot. You were asked to audition for Queer Eye, mm. and you said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I was, listen, I was a business owner. I was an entrepreneur only. I had no desire to be in entertainment. I was re actually really scared, like, not just because I was nervous, not just because I'd never been on camera before, but because... There weren't any other gay South Asian British immigrant people on TV. And I was like, oh, people are going to think that I represent that community, which I'm happy to. But that's a lot of pressure on one person. Sure. Because then you're representing literally billions of people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to be the same as billions of people. But you were convinced. You yeah. were convinced to at least audition. Mm -mm. Actually, I wasn't. Uh, well, I was, but not by Netflix, by my husband. And, and you were on vacation, right? We, uh, 
uh, you're firing fast and loose through the word vacation. I was in Vegas. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yes, kind of. Um, and, uh, and somebody asked me if I would take this call. And my husband was like, you should just take the call. It can't hurt. Just speak to these people and, and see what they're, they're wanting from you. And so I did. And I spoke to them and they told me what they were wanting. And it wasn't the original version of Queer Eye, which I loved. I loved very much. I used to watch the British version of it. Um, but they weren't doing that. They wanted it to be so much more about heart and connection and uh, bridging the divide and having people see a version of my people that they'd never seen before and, and every one of us boys on the show. Um, and I was like, oh, that I can get behind. Right. Uh, and then you get the job. Yeah. And then supposedly you've tried to quit a few times. I did. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the first episode of Queer Eye was the, the, the one with Tom Jackson. That literally was the first episode we, we ever shot. And I got really nervous. Again, I'm just going to say it as it is. He asked me if I was a terrorist. Um, he didn't know. He was a sweetheart. And he just never met a Muslim before. And so it really upset me. And as soon as we were done with that scene, I cried so much. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, if this is what is going to happen every week, right. I just, I can't put up with that kind of um, questioning every time. Um, and so, yeah, that, that kind of continued for a couple more weeks. And then, um, and then I, I realized why I should be there and it's going to sound super cheesy but it is what it is I just thought well this is my lot in life I'm going to have to educate people and explain that that's not what it is um, just when somebody says that we're a Muslim does not mean that and I want to show the world what who we are the beauty of our community yeah and also tell them yeah thank you thank you very much and Thanks. also very nicely tell them that their look is horrible yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> Dare you ask me that question when you were in those jaws? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've done four seasons in the US, but yeah. then the show goes to Japan. And that's where it's my moment to shine. <laughs> Finally, Asians. Um, and so... And they were like, oh, we get you. Yeah. Um, Japan was the special because we are talking to people who don't, uh, who don't emote the way we emote. Um, their culture is so different from the Western culture. And so I think it makes for incredible TV because you are seeing two worlds come together that you haven't really seen on TV before. And it opens up your mind to who um, these people are and how incredible they are how kind they are and it does highlight the strength of our show which is that we can find connection and love anywhere we go this community was so different from ours yet we were try we were able to find commonality and to highlight the fact that all any of us want is to be loved and cared for and seen yeah i love those episodes thanks I so thought, much yeah they were uh, they really got to me yeah <laughs> thank you so when you were a little kid, you used to visit your grandfather's denim factory. Oh, yeah. Um, but I want to tell a story real quick about this factory. I loved my granddad so much. He passed away a couple of years ago. He is an angel, an absolute angel. He's my mom's dad. The reason why I'm telling you this is because you just would assume that everything he does is good, right, and true. 
I wrote a book last year and my sister read it um, and she was like, you've got to stop telling the story about Grandad's Factory. I was like, what on earth are you talking about? Why would I stop telling that? It's such a beautiful story. He was the reason why I got into this. And she was like, it was an illegal operation. <laughs> it was an illegal operation. We were making denim for Disney. So I thought. No idea until a few months ago, my sister came to see me on my book tour and she, she <laughs> ran into the room afterwards and she was like, never tell that story again. She was like, you, you, it, it closed down when you were 13. You were clearly too young to remember. It was shut down. <laughs> I thought that he had just gotten so old, he couldn't do it anymore. No, no. No. Disney swooped in and yeah. put the kibosh Actually, Okay, on the Pluto. best thing about it is that Obviously, I didn't know this, so Disney was so supportive when the show came out because they heard the story. Oh, they shit. took me out to Disneyland. They gave me the VIP treatment. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We made so much money knocking you off. <laughs> and now you're celebrating me for it. That's amazing. I know. Insane. And you co-host a new reality competition called Next oh. in Fashion. Yes. Okay. The designers are incredible. We've got 18 designers from across the world. So it feels massively inclusive. It feels very diverse. Mm -hmm. Our designers have worked at the likes of Stella McCartney, Alexander Wang, uh, Louis Vuitton, or they've got their own brands that are very successful. So these are established designers that are creating couture right in front of my very eyes. And it's it's blew my mind. And you say, there's like a catchphrase I believe, like you say, big no is blank. Like I saw, big no is boring, big yeah. no is blah. Yeah, and I want to gasp. Um, and that's it. Like, I don't want to be bored by what I'm seeing on the show. This is called Next in Fashion. Uh, and we want to see what somebody has that inspires me, that makes me feel like, yeah, I didn't see that on the runway last season. And that's what we found. I'm obsessed. This is not a mean show. It's it's very much in the vein of Queer Eye. We are never mean to mm. the contestants. We show that there can be competition with decency. Um, I think that the world is screwy enough. The last thing we need is to be shown on TV that this is how you should conduct yourself. Um, and so, uh, thanks. And so that's what our show is. Like, it's kind. And if you know the show, The Bake Off, The Great British Baking <gasps> Show. Okay. So let me ask you, oh. how, how, you're competing on the celebrity episode yeah. of The Great British Bake Off. Okay. Has it happened? It has happened. It has happened? Okay. Did you prepare a lot to be on it? Okay. <laughs> if anyone knows me at all, I am so particular about what I... If I choose to do something, I am going to do my very freaking best. And so, <laughs> you know, if I'm doing a baking show, I'm committed. Uh, you know how I was saying I really like a friendly show, like positivity? Yeah. That's not what I was about. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Winning. Nah, mate. Outwardly, you'll see on the show I'm all smiles and giggles, but really inside I'm like, nah, that better sink. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Perfect. Yeah. Because guess what? I'm going to find out how much you know about baking in a quiz. Yeah, it's called... Oh, no. It's called Technical Challenge, and these questions are about terms that frequently come up on the Great British Bake Off. It's multiple choice. Oh, yay. It's multiple choice. Okay, great. And if you want help, you can just ask the audience. These idiots aren't going to know. <laughs> <laughs> And if you do well enough, listener Abby Slattery from Raleigh, North Carolina will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh. Yeah, all right. Marzipan yeah. and frangipan are both made from almonds, but they are different. How? 
Marzipan is doughy. Frangipan is creamy. B. Marzipan is made from skinless almonds. Frangipan is made from skin-on almonds. Or C. Marzipan is from Mars. Frangipan <laughs> is from Venus. It's obviously C. No. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, that's a, actually that is quite difficult um, for anyone who doesn't bake. Uh, ooh, B. Sorry, it is A. I am so annoyed. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, try this one. Okay, great. If Paul Hollywood shakes your hand for baking a dry, light, spongy Italian cake made without baking powder, what is he congratulating you for? A, your spiffy chiffon. B, your genius Genoese. Or C, your victorious, victorious Your Genoese. That is correct. It's your Genoese. (laughs) Now we're back. Now we're back. All right. What is proving? Is that intentionally making your bake look sloppy to prove it is homemade? Yeah. (laughs) Is it B, stabilizing chocolate to give it a hard, glossy finish? Or C, allowing dough to rise? C. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Although... You know, before I watched the show, I did not know that term. Really? Proving. Huh. Yeah, I just thought it was called, I mean, rising. I don't know. I just never heard that term. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I you was clearly like, didn't watch the shows that I was watching as yeah. a child. You weren't a three-year-old watching a baking show? That's strange. <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. How is baking traditional puff pastry different from baking rough puff pastry? I know you fold it nine times. Okay. Tell me which one you want of these. Okay, great. A traditional puff involves giant slabs of butter. Rough puff uses butter chunks. Mix in with the dough. B traditional it's puff a. must be inflated with a blowpipe. <laughs> or C traditional puff went to Oxford. Rough puff went to the school of hard knocks. It's a queen. Yes, it is A. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. Congratulations, Tan. You and listener Abby Slattery won. Ask me another Rubik's cube. Tan will be back later in the show to play another game, but for right now, give it up for Tan friends. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And for more Fab Five content, we made a Spotify playlist. Just search for Queer Eye NPR, and you'll find interviews with Anthony, Kiramo, and Jonathan Van Ness. Not Bobby Burke, though. Someday. (laughs) Our next game is called New York Times Best Sailors. Everyone knows the best sailor is the one who doesn't give you an STI. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Fiona Finley-Hunt. You're a lawyer at a major tech company. And you say that working at a tech company is a ton of fun. Well, it's a kind of a zany place. They focus on making the decor a lot of fun. We have a lot of perks. Um, what I, are the perks? Uh, massages. No. Yes. Every day? Uh, you can have them every day. Oh. Yes, you can. Okay. Um, free food. We have a rock climbing wall. Do people bring in their pets? Oh, yeah. I bring my dog to work. That's nice. Yeah, he loves it. He adds more value than I do in meetings. <laughs> Because yeah. everyone just looks at the dog and they're like, what day. do you think, Schnooky? Yeah, right. they're, like, they're like, bring Kirby in, but keep legal out of the room. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right, Fiona, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Jamie Wernett. You work for a software company, but not in customer service, in customer success. 
That's correct. All right, tell me what that means. Well, instead of servicing the customer, you success them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jamie, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Fiona and Jamie, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. Ahoy! This word game is called New York Times Best Sailors. Every clue is a mashup of a best-selling author and an aquatic creature. For example, if I said this Russian author wrote War and Peace while slurping the goo out of saltwater mollusks and asking, does this arouse you? You would answer, Leo Tolstoyster. Mashing up Leo Tolstoy and Oyster. Here we go. This author wrote The Joy Luck Club on a strict diet of this salty fish also found on Caesar salads and gross pizza. Jamie. Uh, Amy Tanchovies. Yeah, that's right. How do you feel about anchovies? Oh, I hate them. What? Disgusting. Why? They're tiny fish that you eat whole. (laughs) I don't... Keep going. What's good about that? (laughs) Do you like sardines? Absolutely not. Herring? No. Tilapia? Uh, You know, I will eat a whitefish. Interesting. Mm. See? Common ground. We're all the same. (laughs) Did you know the author of Little Women originally wrote her novel about four cute furry mammals who hold hands while floating on their backs down a river? Jamie. Uh, Louisa May Alcotter. Yeah. You know what? Like, I love anchovies. I would never eat an otter. Probably wouldn't taste very good. Gamey. You don't know? Gamey. <laughs> they serve them just holding hands. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> Let me take what you love. monster. (laughs) Don't take too much of a shining to this seafood when your server, Christine, carries it to your table in a cloche under the dome. If you eat a Salem's lot of it, you'll be in misery. Fiona. Stephen King crab? Yes! We'll accept that. We, we were looking for kingfish or king mackerel, but I think king crab uh, yeah, fits okay, the clue. I don't know her. Because all we did was put a bunch of dumb puns about Stephen King in there. So. In this author's original manuscript of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Augustus Gloop was a highly intelligent bottlenose creature who swam in the chocolate river. Fiona. Roll dolphin? Yeah, that's right. This Japanese best-selling novelist who's known for 1Q84 and Men Without Women says his next book is going to be electric. It's about a sly, snake-like fish with pointy teeth. Hip, hip, moray. Fiona. Haruki Murakami. Yeah, that's right. Well done. Here's your last clue. Did you know the first draft of The Metamorphosis was actually about a guy who went to bed one night and woke up as a soft-bodied sea creature with eight limbs? Jamie. Uh, Kafkapus? (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) 
correct. Great game, and we have a tie. Coming up, we'll play a game that combines punk music and silly fads that would have Sid Vicious rolling over on his Segway. And Queer Eyes Tan France is back to play another game. Turns out, all things do keep getting better. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Buxbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments. Daily Show correspondent Roy Wood Jr. is very good at making people laugh. That wasn't always the case. The greatest gift of the bomb is that you suck and then you get to basically abracadabra and come back the next week. Roy Wood Jr. on his long path to comedic success. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Fiona and Jamie. Our next game is about punk rock, which is such an outdated genre that us doing a game about it is actually... Punk rock. (laughs) Let's check in with our contestants. Fiona, you recently got into playing the fiddle. That's right. How's it going? Um, It's okay. I haven't been practicing at all, and I (laughs) haven't learned anything, so I I know two songs, and I just play them for my cat and sometimes my husband when he's unlucky enough to be home. Did you just go to a, uh, you know, instrument shop and buy a fiddle? So that's kind of what you're supposed to do. Okay. Um, And instead, I went to Facebook Marketplace and saw that someone was trying to unload one that they had bought on Amazon. So um, I went to Williamsburg and met them in the dark where they pulled this thing out of the back of their car and sold it to me for cash, which felt very shady. But yeah, it's it's what some people would call a, a VSO or violin-shaped object, and it's exactly not what you're supposed to have. But it actually sounds pretty good, I have to say. I, I it's love, what I deserve. I love that you... Uh, <laughs> so what you deserve. It's the yeah. instrument you deserve. Yeah. I love that you uh, helped out a Williamsburg hipster who was like, you know what? I'm going to do a violin. And then it's like super hard. Yeah. That's a fad with them. That's over. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, recently you got into powerlifting. That's right. Nice. Stuff. What inspired you? I wanted to be really strong and lift heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just just the the basic. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, let's do this. It's a good fit. Okay. And how much are you lifting? Uh, The thing is that for many people who casually train, the way that you answer this question is you say, well, when I was really strong, uh-huh. uh, I could do like a 200 and some pound squat. Okay. That's insane. What's your goal? I would like to be able to deadlift twice my body weight. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So this music parody is called Punk Goes Pop. The score is tied, so the winner of this game will go to the final round, and the loser will have to exit through the public radio mosh pit, which sounds very much like this. Sorry, 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 excuse me, excuse me, no, excuse me. Here, you can go this way. It's very nice. We rewrote popular punk songs and made them about fads that, while popular, are not very punk rock. So ring in and tell me the fad that I'm singing about, and if you get that right, you can earn a bonus point by naming the original song or the artist who made it famous. Here we go. 
Twenty, twenty, twenty more paces to go. I want to catch a squirtle. It's too long a walk to the Jigglypuff, so I'm gonna catch the squirtle. Fiona. Pokemon Go. Yeah, that's correct. And for a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist? No. Audience is sorry for you. That's Ramones. I want to be sedated. Here's your next one. Just wind the string and let it go. Try walk the dog or UFO. You will pretend that it is fun because your grandma bought you one. Fiona. Yo-yo. Yo-yo is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Oh my God, no, I can't. That's The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? Oh, thanks, yeah. (laughs) All right, here's your next one. Weaving in and out among the cars On a tiny Segway with no handlebars You think you look cool when you ride on this Till you break your wrist You break your wrist You break your wrist Fiona Hoverboard? Yeah, that's right Bonus point if you can name the song or artist I cannot Okay That was Patti Smith Because the night because the night belongs to hovers. <laughs> waiting for that, the whole audience. <laughs> yeah, well done. Here's your next one. A plastic egg with a small screen. A virtual pet that has me jumping through hoops. You're more well-fed than my real dog. I'm tired of cleaning up your electronic poops. Jamie. Tamagotchi. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Bonus point if you name the song or the artist. I can't. That was the Buzzcocks, Ever Fallen in Love. This is your last clue. A 90s dance craze. Los Del Rio hit song. Your mom does it at weddings. Goes on a little long. Fiona. The funky chicken? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Somebody was actually shocked. <laughs> that's a fine guess. There's no reason to be shocked, but that's incorrect. Jamie, do you know the answer? Uh, the Macarena. Macarena is the answer. <laughs> Bonus point if you can name the song or artist. Oh, I forgot to listen. <laughs> Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen, that was. What an incredible game once again. Yeah. Well done to both of you. And after two games, Fiona is moving on to the final round. The final round is coming up, but first it's time for us to play a game. Please welcome back Queer Eyes fashion expert, Dan France. So, Tan, your first date with your now husband, mm. was at the chain restaurant Olive Garden. <laughs> Judge me all you want. <laughs> it was a test for him. It was a test for him? Yeah. Um, did you used to watch the show uh, Will and Grace? Sure. Okay. 
Will and Grace um, had two friends, Robin and Alan, who used to go to a place called the Olive Garden. And Will and Grace never wanted to go because they found it frightfully dull. And so this guy, my husband, now husband, had been messaging me for a few days and wanted to go out on a date. I was trying to sleep my way across America, so I wasn't interested in dating. <laughs> and um, and so um, I said, I'd like to go to a place called the Olive Garden. Have you heard of it? He was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I told my friend who I was staying with, I was like, if this guy can entertain me, maybe I'll go on a second date with him. And he kept me highly entertained. And so I married him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, he had to take breaks every 15 minutes to go to the restroom to calm down because he was really nervous. He blushed oh. the whole time. I know, he was really nervous. <laughs> uh, at home, you have an entire closet full of candles. I sure do. And you also told our producers that you are very into skincare. Obsessed. All right. I don't wear makeup, so I make sure my skin's prepared. Okay, so we took these three things mm. and we combined them in a custom version of a game we like to play called This, That, or The Other. Mm. I'm just going to give you the name of something and you're going to tell me if you think it's a scented candle, a skincare product, or the name of a chain restaurant. Oh! That's I it. like that. Okay, let's give it a shot. Uh, candle, skincare, or restaurant? Baja Fresh. I'm assuming restaurant, right? Yeah, it's a chain restaurant, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, casual Tex-Mex restaurant okay. that started in California. Is it in New York? Do you all no. know it? Okay, good. No, yeah, okay. California okay. And, and others. All right, how about this one? Greek yogurt after sun. Ooh. Is that a restaurant? <laughs> Skincare product or candle? That's ludicrous. Yeah. Um, I mean, skincare. Yeah, that's what it is, of um, course. Is it just Greek yogurt and you put it on after you It's a burn? cooling after sun cream gel for the face and body. Made Why? <laughs> Whoever made that, I think you are frustrating. Um, <laughs> and you are trying to take us for fools. Just by far, yay. Because you do a mask, which is the Greek yes. yogurt. And what else do you mix in Okay, it? Greek yogurt, a cup of that, green tea tea bag. Steep that tea bag in water for about 30 seconds. Put the contents of that tea bag into your yogurt. Mix it up. Put that on your face and thicken up. You, did you ever see Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> that thick. Okay. If you can see your skin, it's not enough. Like, don't cheap out. Um, Leave that on your face for 10 minutes. You scrape it off um, after 10 minutes. Then wash your face. Put your moisturizer on. I swear to Lucifer, your skin <laughs> will never have felt better. There is so much added value having you on the show. I, I can't know. even tell you. How about Smoky Bones? <laughs> Ew. Smoky Bones. I'm going to say it's like a barbecue place, so food. Oh, you are perfectly correct. Good. It's the same company that owns Olive Garden. However, in 2007, they sold it to a company called Barbecue Integrated Incorporated. Ew. All right, this is your last clue. Smell my nuts. You dirty bastard. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is it food? 
a, 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 chain, uh, a, chain, a chain restaurant called Smell My Nuts. Hmm. I'm thinking, well, let me explain for you, answer, and I might change it. I'm thinking like those streetcar vendors. Maybe oh, there's a chain of those. Yeah. I wasn't actually going for like a fancy restaurant. Sure. Um, <laughs> fancy, fancy. Michelin star, smell my nuts. Yeah. Um, ooh. Gosh, is it skincare? <laughs> it's a candle. Oh. This smell my nuts candle smells like uh, banana nut bread, coconut, and hazelnut. Uh, you did amazing. Congratulations, Tan friends. Tan's new fashion competition series, Next in Fashion, is on Netflix now. One more hand for Tan France, everybody. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Meredith Lark, who claims her unicycle skills have come in handy. And Fiona Finley-Hunt, who owns a VSO. That's a violin-shaped object. All right, Fiona and Meredith, you need to be smart and strategic to win our grand prize, which is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Tan France. So the first contestant to bank eight points wins. There are multiple categories. Each category is four clues. Each clue is worth one point. Your first category is pop creatures. Name the animal. The first clue is always a toss-up, so ring in to answer. Iago from Aladdin. Meredith. Bird. You need to be a little bit more specific. Parrot. That is correct. Okay. Mm. Meredith, you now have one point and control of the category to keep going and earn up to three more points. You say, ask me another. But the risk is, if you miss a clue, your opponent will have a chance to steal control of the category and the points that you haven't banked. And if you want to go to your next category, you can say, I'm good, and we'll go to the next category. So what will it be? Ask me another. All right. Champion from Parks and Recreation. Dog. That is correct. What would you like to do? Ask me another. Hey, hey, from Moana. Chicken. We'll take it. Rooster, but chicken, we will take. What would you like to do? One question Ask me another. Left. Waddles from Gravity Falls. Penguin. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Fiona, if you know the answer to this question, you will steal Meredith's three points and take control of the category. Is it a duck? Sorry, I wish it was, but it's a pig. All right, so those three points stay with you, Meredith. The score is now three to zero. All right, here's your toss-up question. Ring in to answer. The category is hooked on tectonics. It's the longest fault line in California. Meredith. San Andreas. That is correct. What would you like to do? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Playing it safe, that point stays with you. It's now four to zero. Your next category is Greek alphabet. Every answer is a modern Greek letter. Ring in to answer. This airline is headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. Meredith. Delta. That is correct. Ask me another. This watch brand is the official timekeeper of the Olympics. Omega. That is correct. I'm good. All right. <laughs> All right, banking those two points, it is now... Meredith six, Fiona zero. Here you go. Your next category is National Mall Memorials. I'll give you the year it opened and a clue. You tell me the memorial. 
Ring into answer 2011, honoring a civil rights leader. Fiona. Martin Luther King Jr.? That is correct. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one point goes into Fiona's bank. It's now six to one. Your next category is Gone to Pieces. Name the tabletop game that includes these objects. A plastic butterfly, spare ribs, and metal tweezers connected with a wire. Fiona. Operation. Great, that is correct. Ask me another. Automobiles with pink and blue pegs. The Game of Life. That is correct. Ask me another. 240 plastic train cars. Ticket to ride. That is correct. Just one more clue in this category. What would you like to do? I'm good. <laughs> All right. That's another three points for you. Catching up. The score is now six to four. Your next category is sparkling water. Flavors of this sparkling water brand include pomplamousse, peach pear, and coconut. Fiona. LaCroix. That is correct. Ask me another. This gas is called CO2 for short. Carbon dioxide. That is correct. Ask me another. Tonic water glows under UV light thanks to this ingredient. Quinine. That is correct. Fiona. Fiona, you now have... Three points and four points in your bank. If you get this next question right, you win the game. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Ask me another. Topo Chico mineral water is bottled in this country. Topo Chico. Japan? Sorry, that is incorrect. Meredith, if you know the answer to this question, you win the game. Mexico? That is correct. Wow. Incredible game. Fiona, amazing, well done, and congratulations, Meredith. That's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to bow jolt a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane, Carol Lee, Ruth Morrison, and Emily Winter, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts. Ask Me Others produced by Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seychow, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Nick Garrison. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Frank Bianco. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. And we're sad to say this, but this is our last show with our fabulous producer, Mike Katzef. Me, Tika Fez. Mike can do it all. He does podcasts, music, print, photography. He's brilliant at all of it. He probably hates his tribute, uh, not because so much he's humble, but he is, but also makes the credits a lot longer. So I'll quickly say thank you, Mike, for everything. You do such fine work, and we are going to miss you. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Come meet us on Wednesday, February 19th for a live taping of Ask Me Another and get ready to get a little bonkers. We'll be joined by the joyfully weird electronic musician, Dan Deacon. You don't want to miss it. Info at amatickets.org. This is NPR. 
Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by another of Queer Eye's Fab Five, Anthony Porowski. He chats about being the weird kid growing up, the famous foodie who changed his life, and his cookbook. Then we grill him in a game about books and check his corgi knowledge. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. <laughs>